this is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. Take a journey back 230 years into the late 18th century in France, at the dawn of what would be understood as the French Revolution, where power-hungry elitist men who believed that the road to virtue was not through persuasion and discourse, but through terror. A provincial lawyer from Ares and a tremendous admirer of Rousseau, Robespierre. Robespierre, the man who was the founding father of state terror and the idol, the model of so many men that would follow in the years to come. Men like Stalin, Pol Pot, and Mao. And the Jacobins, the first in the line of supposedly modest men, with access to a higher truth. Men who loved humanity so much they felt entitled to exterminate the human beings that stood in its way. It was the birth of a system of loathsome paranoia, which was responsible for the butchering of tens of thousands of human beings. The French Revolution, the greatest paradigm-shifting event since the fall of the Roman Empire. And the revolutionaries had challenged the might and arrogance of the French court in Versailles. They executed their king, imprisoned their queen, and created a republic whose watchwords were liberty, equality, and the rights of man. But the revolutionaries also dreamed of a new type of society, one where human nature may be born again, where men and women freed from religious and social customs could achieve moral perfection. And somehow, through this elitist group, it became reasonable that the idea that it's okay of thousands and thousands of people with wrong ideas should be slaughtered as long as the bourgeois idea of individual rights are overthrown. But you see, this was for their good. It was for your good. It was for your safety. The use of violence to perfect humanity. Done by the elite class. The guardians. The Jacobins. Those that will tell you how you should be living your lives. It was Rousseau that said, power is a form of moral schooling. And this deadly power was most often displayed through the use of the guillotine. And in their eyes, the use of terror is nothing but prompt, inflexible, severe justice. And to make the revolution permanent, to make the French Revolution stick, everything old 
had to go. It was time for the new. You see, this was for your safety. So if everything as old is out, you want to make sure that you start with the things that normalize their life. You see, because things might be different on the other side of the revolution, but we're all in this together. So start by declaring the first day and year of the revolution as Year Zero. The idea behind Year Zero was that all culture and traditions within a society must be completely destroyed or discarded, and a new revolutionary culture must replace it, starting from scratch. All of the history of a nation or people before Year Zero would be largely deemed irrelevant, because it would really be purged and replaced from the ground up. Year Zero. The new beginning after the Great Revolution. The Year Zero. A Great Reset. In the Great Reset of French Civilization, no longer would you refer to someone as Madame or Monsieur. Now, in the New France, it was citizen. And the church had to be brought in line with the revolution as well. The civil constitution of the clergy was passed by the National Assembly in 1790. It attempted to reorganize and regulate the Catholic Church in France, bringing it into line with national values. The revolutionaries made the willing clergy, those willing to be a part of the French Great Reset, they made them paid employees of the government and required all members of the clergy to swear an oath of loyalty to the new nation. This was the reign of terror. If you resisted, well then off with your head. And the primary force that was in control of the reign of terror, that prohibited medium and large gatherings of people, because, you know, if you have more than 20 people together, it could be the start of a mob or a counter-revolution, so no crowds. No crowds for your safety. And the organization within the French Revolution that was used to enforce the will of the now non-constitutional French Republic was the Committee of Public Safety. See, because in the absence of your individual rights, the main goal of operational success was for the collective to achieve the goals of the Jacobins. So to guarantee your safety and the continuance of the revolution, you had to be safe. And being safe meant not creating a counter-revolution. Being safe meant not gathering with a newly formed militia. The committee of public safety. Today, in what is now post-constitutional America, we have another organization that has taken control of our nation, where our executive branch, governors, mayors, and county officials have sadly ignored the Constitution, their oaths of office, and turned over the control of their economy, the free movement of people, 
the gathering of people, and even the functioning and practice of religion to the Department of Public Health. The Department of Public Health that has shut down religious services all over California. The Department of Public Health that has distributed instructions on exactly how baptism and communion should be practiced. How congregational singing may be done. How far Muslims must have their prayer rugs apart from one another. Completely violating the First Amendment. The Department of Public Health is establishing and manipulating the practice of religion. The Department of Public Health, who have declared the police a public health issue. The Department of Public Health, that have declared health disparities a public health crisis. The Department of Public Health, that have declared economic disparities a public health issue. The Department of Public Health. The Department of Public Health, that have declared racism a public health emergency, and so urgent an emergency that it is important that public health suspend all their concerns over COVID transmissions when Black Lives Matter is marching because racism is a greater threat than COVID. I didn't know if you realized that. So where is all this coming from? What school or organization would be pushing out what is obvious nonsense? Well. The T.H. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard. This is a school that, as opposed to using the scientific method, is involved in reflexivity and alchemy. Let me quickly give you a reminder on the definition of alchemy. Quote, Scientific method seeks to understand things as they are, while alchemy seeks to bring about a desired state of affairs. To put it in another way, the primary objective of science is truth. That of alchemy, operational success. So with operational success as its primary objective, who defines what that operational success means at the T.H. Chan School of Public Health? Well, it begins with a concept. And I know that this sounds crazy because it is crazy that two plus two at the T.H. Chan School of Public Health, two plus two equals five. The T.H. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard is teaching and proclaiming that it is possible that two plus two equals five. Yes, these are the scientists that Joe Biden says that you need to listen to. If you have ever read Orwell's dystopian novel that describes a future totalitarian government, you will remember this from its pages, and this is from his famous novel, 1984. Quote, In the end, the party would announce that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. It was inevitable that they should make that claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it. Not merely the validity of the experience, but the very existence of external reality was tacitly denied by their philosophy. The heresy of heresies was common sense. 
And what was terrifying was not that they would kill you for thinking otherwise, but that they might be right. For, after all, how do we know that two and two make four? Or that the force of gravity works? Or that the past is unchangeable? If both the past and the external world exist only in the mind, and if the mind itself is controllable, what then? End quote. So Orwell equates this future twisted totalitarian party teaching 2 plus 2 equals 5 as the literal end of civilization as we know it. And the T.H. Chan School of Public Health teaches that 2 plus 2 equals 5 is possible. The article from the T.H. Chan School of Public Health and reference is listed in the article that accompanies this podcast. And in the article, PhD student at the T.H. Chan School of Public Health, Kareem Carr states, quote, Hope is that you understand the flexible relationship between our mathematical systems, our perceptions of the world, and the symbolic manipulations we use to reason about reality. We are not passive observers, end quote and thus rejects the scientific method in favor of standpoint epistemology. This is alchemy. And sadly, this is just the tip of the iceberg in what the T.H. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard is doing. The T.H. Chan School of Public Health promotes the concept that racism is a public health issue. And in doing so, the T.H. Chan School of Public Health promotes the concepts of critical race theory, intersectionality, diversity, equity, inclusion, and all of the other radically subjective concepts that are running rampant through our society. All the things that we have been warning you about for many years. They are also one of the chief promoters of the concept of health equity. And of course, all of this is for your safety. It's for your health. Does this sound familiar? I think you can hear echoes of Robespierre and the Jacobins once again. Well, let's go back to the founding of the T.H. Chan School of Public Health. In 2014, Harvard University received a massive gift from Hung Lung Chairman Ronnie Chan and from his brother, Gerald Chen, through the Morningside Foundation. Now, once again, I need to give full disclosure, as I did in the Thucydides Trap episode, uh, and let me clearly state that I know Ronnie and Gerald and their families. They have been very good to me. I have known them for a number of years, and let's just say that we have done some things, especially from 2009 to 2014. But the gift of $350 million from Ronnie and Gerald Chan was purposed to begin the T.H. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard University, and thus making it the flagship school of public health in the United States. It would be involved in research, knowledge generation, and the creation of public policy. The T.H. Chan School of Public Health would create the kind of public policy that would suspend the First Amendment, call for the ending of the Second Amendment, and call for ending or defunding the police and law enforcement in the United States as we know it. And Ronnie has many investments in China and Hong Kong, is the President Emeritus of the Asia Society, has been a board member of the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum. 
to remove myself from the issue personally and to supply an unbiased report of Ronnie Chan, let me read from the Harvard Crimson, which accompanies the article for this podcast. And I quote, Who is Ronnie Chan? Jimmy Lai, the recently arrested Hong Kong pro-democracy news mogul, dubbed him a, quote, pawn of the CCP, end quote, on Twitter. Perhaps rightly so. As the Chan's Hung Lung group has expanded from Hong Kong into the mainland of China, Ronnie Chan has found himself increasingly defensive of Beijing's encroachment on Hong Kong. For one, he was an outspoken supporter of Liang Chongying, the former chief executive of Hong Kong, whose tenure was marked by massive protests over attempts at giving Beijing the ability to pre-screen the city's leadership. Ronnie Chan's tenure as co-chair of the Asia Society's Hong Kong chapter proves particularly revealing of his ideology. During his time at the helm, the organization canceled the screening of a film centered on the 2014 Umbrella Movement, citing, quote, political concerns, end quote, and barred Joshua Wong, a leader of the Umbrella Democracy Movement, who has faced repeated state harassment for his work, from the event. Wong, who was barred from attending a book launch commemorating the Hong Kong handover in 2017, reflected on the events via email. Quote, Asia Society's Hong Kong chapter that Ronnie Chan co-chaired has long been slammed for censorship and political screening in the city, end quote. He added, quote, rather than an ordinary businessman, Chan also has close ties with Beijing authority, end quote. Wong goes even further, asking whether Chan's decisions to build connections to U.S. universities while suppressing dissent at home are linked. Quote, People begin to wonder if Chan plays a supplementary role in China's global propaganda campaign. End quote. The article continues, Such concerns are certainly warranted. That same year, Ronnie Chan received the, and I might mispronounce this, by the way, the Grand Bohinia Medal, the highest award offered by Hong Kong's government, cementing his ties to the mainland's political establishment. These ties are noticeable elsewhere. Chan is also the governor of the China-United States Exchange Foundation, a registered foreign agent chaired by Tong Chi Hua, vice chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. Chan has even faced accusations that he triggered the censoring and eventual termination of Forbes magazine contributor Anders Kaur in 2008, who wrote a piece critical of Chan only to watch it vanish from the Forbes website the following morning. By the way, Hong Kong-based integrated whale media investments bought a majority stake of Forbes back in 2014. Forbes Media did not respond to requests for comment for this article. The events highlight Ronnie Chan's role within a broader push by Beijing authorities to exert control over speech, not only at home, but abroad. Ranging from blacklisting and expelling foreign journalists to pressuring the NBA, the National Basketball Association, and its affiliates to disavow tweets supportive of pro-democracy demonstrators. That a figure so linked to the polity behind these efforts, and allegedly responsible for some censorship himself, could be honored by the university, Harvard University, and even have a school named after his late father, is simply unconscionable. Once again, that is from the Harvard Crimson. 
And in an interview with the New Zealand-based publication The Market, Ronnie states the following in this dialogue. First, Ronnie Chan states, quote, You have two or three other things that have turned some of the elites in America. One, there were people who were convinced that when China opens up economically, it will also open up politically. That didn't happen. And now they are realizing that there is a system that, in certain circumstances, can be more efficient than the Western system. End quote. The journalist who was interviewing him then said, You mean the autocratic system? Ronnie Chen responds, and I quote, Yes, and America cannot accept that. I don't think that has much to do with Trump. He may not even be able to think all that clearly. But the influential think tanks have that kind of thinking. End quote. So, once again, Ronnie Chan is possibly influencing the public health policy of the United States through the T.H. Chan School of Public Health, and is stating that there's a better system, a more efficient system than the Western system, and that many here in the United States are starting to understand that maybe we should transition into that new system. Ronnie is stating that what has happened is that there are those in the United States that are all of a sudden realizing that China has a system, a collective, communist, technocratic, oligarchical, algocratic system. In other words, ruled by algorithms. That is more efficient than our current system in the United States. Ronnie Chan then also states that the influential think tanks believe that the system needs to be changed. But it means that the United States and the West will have to go through a great reset to become the Chinese system. The system of social credit measurement and complete control of your life. The system where you will have absolutely no privacy. A system which in many ways is also an epistemocracy. So public health has been the trigger for the Great Reset. This is something that Klaus Schwab has even stated. And just as terror was used by Robespierre and the Jacobins two centuries ago, fear and draconian control is used today in the Western Hemisphere to usher in the Great Reset. Now, if you're going to have a successful Great Reset, you're going to have to have full buy-in by nearly every facet of civilization. And so, if you have been listening to the causes of things or watching my presentations through the years, you will know that I've been addressing this for quite some time. I've been trying to warn all of you. I have been warning that this will all be a top-down bottom-up, inside-out move. Because if you're going to create a successful revolution, you're going to need buy-in from key players in everything. In education, legal structures, politics, religion, law enforcement, health, and across every facet. Every single one of every affinity group across the nation. So how does someone get involved in this? Well, first of all, just through a plain meeting, maybe a dinner, 
Maybe someone's taking you out to lunch. And here is how the talk goes from the person presenting the inevitable fourth industrial revolution to the new hopeful great reset or big sort proselyte quote, there is a change coming and there is nothing that you can do to stop it. It is inevitable. It will happen no matter what you or anyone else tries to do. It will affect everything from economics, culture, politics, to religion. If you come on board with our side, there is a place for you on the other side of the revolution. But there's nothing you can do to stop it. If you don't, it won't be good for you. But we do have a spot for you. It's right over here. And all you have to do is just join in. And we can even make this fun. The bishop of the Agenda 30 Belt Road Initiative or Woke Christian Group will then tell you that there will be a shift from the stagnant old truth to the truth that works, which of course means subjectivism. Like, you know, two plus two equals five now. And they will explain how much of what needs to happen in a transition from our old form of justice and law into a new system of social justice. Now, how do I know this? Because I heard this speech given by three different people in three different situations at three different times about 10 years ago. And sadly, the third time that I had heard a rather softened and Christianized version of this revolutionary deceptive nonsense was in Orlando, Florida, across the street from the Southern Baptist Convention about 10 years ago. I arranged the dinner. I had no idea what it was actually about. I reserved a back room at Jack's place at the Rosen Plaza Hotel. And present at that dinner was Roy Hargrave, Fred Malone, Tom Askell, and the Pied Piper of the Great Reset in Christianity, Ed Stetzer. And my heart sank. And this is when I really began to see that this was serious. And sitting in a church pew in London, back in 2016, the thought came to me that I had to do something. I had to say something. I had to try to prevent this from happening. And that is why Sovereign Nations was formed. And that is why I've tried to warn and then gather nearly everyone that I felt that I could trust to bring them into fight against this all-encompassing evil that is coming. Some that I thought I could trust, sadly, are more about self-preservation and will not take up the fight. There are men that thunder from the pulpit proclaim the truth of the Reformation. But yet they won't speak up, even though I told them everything. They are Laodiceans, 
I'm hoping they will change. I'm hoping that their conscience or the Holy Spirit will awaken them that they need to speak up. And then the saddest part is that then some, whom I did not speak to, after I began Sovereign Nations, sent some aspects, some PDFs, of the plan for what would become the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. They sent those things to me that are part of what is happening with Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, plans that I actually already have had had for close to 10 years. And what this did is just show me that they drank the Kool-Aid, sadly. And even those that I thought I could trust have taken years to come around to understanding how serious and how pernicious this entire problem is. I can tell you who has come around over the past two years, and strongly at that. The first would be Dr. Josh Bice, far, far before anyone else. Tom Askell, as well as understanding the complexity and severity of the problem. Dr. James White is understanding the scope of the issues. I'm thankful for Dr. White, as he had mentioned on his last webcast, that he had first heard about all this from me several years ago. And that it sounded crazy at first, but now he can see what has happened to us. And he's standing up. Dr. James Lindsay has a full grasp of what we are facing and how we need to deal with it. Eric Prince, formerly of Blackwater, is beginning to understand the severity of the issues. I heard him give a presentation about a month ago where he was fairly spot on. I have tried to explain this to the administration over the past three years. And while they understand some of it now, they don't understand all of it. So now, let's review exactly what the issue, the Great Reset, is by going over what I've said over the past three years and the causes of things. Firstly, there has been an operational preparation of the environment of our civilization for the past 12 years, integrating concepts of critical theory, deconstruction, and introducing cynical concepts of anti-nationalism and hatred of our civilization from our educational institutions, our arts and media, our national pastimes, our corporations, our politicians, and saddest of all, coming through our faith. All of our churches, politicians, national sports, musicians, entertainers, educators, and nearly every major corporation has piggybacked cynical theories, destructive ideas onto these legitimate areas of our culture to convince you to hate those that have less melanin in their skin, to hate the founding of our nation, to hate the systems that we have fought so hard to make equal and to give every man, woman, and child the opportunity to succeed. The malicious and poisonous ideologies have come through some of our most trusted institutions, such as through education, our churches as well. And this is why we've referred to this entire issue as a Trojan horse. It came into the gates of our city without our permission and then unleashed these horrifying, divisive, racist concepts in our own families, in our churches, in our businesses, in our other affinity groups. 
across all media. And as I've said before, you can't even watch a ball game to try to relax for the evening without having it shoved down your throat. Attempting to wipe out our nation's past, our civilization's past, destroy our heritage, every memory of the past, for this to work, for this great reset, this year zero, this Jacobin plan to work, even Abraham Lincoln, even Frederick Douglass must go. We are also told to hate all of our systems, that all of our systems are filled with sin. They are filled with hate. They are unequal. We must have equity. That everything is filled with systemic racism, with unequal systemic corruption. These are not ideas, folks, that come from people who love the United States. And now those that are supplying the monetary push behind this criticism and the revolution behind it are now offering their long-planned, well-thought-out solutions. A great reset. They are saying that we need to replace our operating systems in our civilization across the globe. They're insisting that we need a year zero, a complete reset. Just like Robespierre, just like Pol Pot in Cambodia. They're saying that our systems have been damaged and we need a new system. And golly, they're the ones that are just here to be able to save it. Our new self-appointed masters want to transition our entire system from analog to digital, from the objective to the subjective, from reality to non-reality, from the free to the enslaved, from the land of liberty to the land of collective equity. So the world is being coerced, violently shoved and manipulated into an exponential revolution that is specifically targeted to deconstructing all of our current systems. And the reason for all this massive, all-encompassing deconstruction is because those that wish to force their totalitarian, intrusive, manipulative, mind-controlling, liberty-stealing, constitution-ending, faith-system-transforming nation-destroying systems is that... The deconstructionists are trying to convince you that our old system has led to unsustainable challenges and problems, such as problems with inequality, a lack of diversity, and the meritocratic system, as opposed to an equity-based system. They wish to convince you that we need a new beginning, a great reset on everything in our society and personal lives. Now, a little side note on this. Those that have come up with these ideas are old white men. Specifically, old white German men, old white French men. And as well, Chinese. And for many years, they have been creating these alternative systems that have absolutely no resemblance to our current systems. And if you remember, Ronnie had said that a lot in our 
think tanks in the United States are beginning to see that, boy, some of these other systems really work well. But there's a problem with this. When you lie to bring in these systems, when you pull this whole thing off, you're being dishonest. And you're trying to replace everything without our knowledge, without our input, without what would be a democratic process of change based on our current systems to safeguard our current systems. You're creating crises by problematizing, using critical theories, methodologies in every aspect of our lives, such as education, medicine, faith, transportation, science, math, sexuality, family structures, communities, everything. They are here to change everything without your vote or without discussion. None of this is being talked about in the presidential elections. And I've really tried, I've really tried to explain that these are the things that need to be talked about. And as much as everybody needs to be concerned about Hunter Biden's laptop and what his dad's been doing and taking in money from China, this has got to be also part of the conversation. And it just hasn't happened. There are monsters out there. Mark Zuckerberg, Eric Schmidt, Kamala Harris, Mark Carney, Jack Ma, Christine Lagarde, Klaus Schwab, George Soros. All these folks know exactly what's going on. A little inside baseball here, by the way. Mr. Soros is not thrilled with the idea of Xi Jinping being the one in the driver's seat or the Belt Road Initiative being the major collective data system driving force behind the Fourth Industrial Revolution into the concept of the open society. Soros isn't down with that. But you see, in their eyes, you are simply chess pieces. You are avatars. You are deplorable ants that need to be directed and controlled to usher in all of these new systems. Our old systems, those that have safeguarded life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those systems that safeguarded individual rights, those systems that safeguard the autonomous concept of a democratic republic where the voice of the one in harmony with the voice of the many in a Republican form of government, respects the sovereign will of the people. You see, that's old. Because, you know, those deplorable average people are stupid. The intelligentsia, the Jacobins, which are the monsters, know so much more than you do. And they have the new system that is ready to be implemented. And by the way, in this new system, you lose your property rights. Also, in this new system down the road, you lose your cognitive liberty. Not just your free speech, but free thought. They just have to push the system in with or without your permission, deceiving you and manipulating you down and along the way, destroying your economy along the way that old economy that was working so well, if you remember, just until this past March, you know, just a few months ago. Now you just have to trash that entire system. It's broken. 
and all of your old dreams and plans. And by the way, with the corporations that are participating in the Great Reset that are on board with the World Economic Forum, you know, folks like Bank of America and so forth, they've been knowing about some of this for quite a while. They especially knew about this in June, and they're still extending 15- and 30-year fixed mortgages. They're still extending bank loans with the understanding that those monetary instruments might be changing quite soon. Because in the plans, what needs to happen is that it all needs to be destroyed. All of it needs to be deconstructed. And it all needs to be replaced with what you have been planning for years. At the World Economic Forum, at Open Societies Foundations, at the UN, with China. For years they've been planning this. And sadly, for years, I was quiet about this. And I shouldn't have been. I should have spoken up. And I should have been bolder with you over the last three years. But with all of us, it's fear. And also the fact that some of the things that I said two years ago, you thought I was nuts to say these things. How crazy. That will never happen. Well, here we are. And even though the new system that is coming will prohibit your children from having a natural biological family as you have had, that all the generations before you obviously have. Well, that's now on the chopping block. That's just the price of progress in the new system. Because the new family is the state. You see, the average person in Nebraska, Florida, Arizona, New York, or Georgia is just not capable of thinking on the same wavelength as the new intelligentsia that has much better ideas than you do about how to run your life, about how to run your state, about how to run your nation, and how to run our world. And certainly, they know much better than you do about how to plan the future and how to raise your children from here on. And again, this has already been laid out quite plainly for a number of years. You can go right to the websites of the World Economic Forum, to the United Nations Agenda 2030, and you can read it. And guess what you're going to start to see? Is that most of the things, especially on the World Economic Forum, in Agenda 2030, those are the things that you're seeing in the policies now of the Democratic National Committee. That's what you're seeing from Joe Biden. Build back better? Build back better was a phrase from the World Economic Forum about the Great Reset. You see, it's hiding in plain sight. It's just that no one is referring to it, and everyone still thinks that this is just a Democrat versus Republican issue. It isn't. Those categories don't even exist, really, in a few years, if the trans-civilizationals get their chance. Now keep in mind, these rules will not apply to the Davos man or woman. For the royal family, which is, if you've seen, uh, Prince Charles has come out with his whole plan for the Great Reset. Or for those that are the engineers and architects of this new system. You see, that's the trade-off. You're protected in this great change. But you got to think about this, too. I'm not the only one that knows this. There are literally thousands of people that know what's going on. 
They're just not saying anything, or they're just participating in it, even though they know that this is treacherous. I don't understand how you can sleep at night. I don't understand how you can look at somebody in the eye and gab on and on, knowing that you're lying to them, knowing that you know what's happening. As a matter of fact, I can't even believe that you would actually take a place in the Trump administration pretty high up, knowing everything that's going on, and yet not warn the president. There are a few people like that right now in the administration. But for you, proletariat citizen of the new oligarchical technocracy, you of the new revolution, you just need to do what you are told. Do not question the revolution. Do not question the lockdown and shelter in place as the entire world is changed around you. You know, because the virus. And you know, the lack of melanin in your skin means that you are complicit with the old system. You know, the system that must be abolished? Well, if you're not on with the new system, maybe you need to be abolished too. So the language that must be used to usher in a completely new system must center around everything about systems. And that is the primary reason why you are hearing the pundits and priests and priestesses or whoever wants to usher in the new woke intersectional social justice digital system saying these things. It's the new language. The first thing that they had to do, of course, was to criticize our current systems out of existence. Problematize everything, correct? You criticize them at every opportunity, even creating fertile fallacies that will facilitate and give momentum to their narrative. Education, sexuality, health, policing especially. The reason that you have the defund the police movement is to defund law enforcement. And if you defund law enforcement and it has to shut down or leave, what do you no longer have where you are? You don't have the law. It also has to be in governmental systems. It has to be in every faith. Everything has to be deconstructed and everything criticized out of existence. All systems must be burnt to the ground. All old systems must be shown to have systemic problems, even though our old systems in a democratic fashion actually work, and they were working quite well until the virus came along. So, to problemize something is to look for, identify, or manufacture, or expose the problematics in the old system associated with the old system. And so by criticizing literally everything, pancake syrup, rice boxes, even house descriptions like the phrase master bedroom, that's a big problem. Classical music. You see, classical music is just too white. The rabid social justice critic must seek out and find those systemic things that might marginalize, exclude, minoritize, harm, cause oppression, or maintain hegemonic dominance in the new systems. So the new social justice-minded, neo-Marxist-inspired, postmodern-modeled system of the new technocratic overlords is based upon the concepts of equity, equal outcomes for all. Today is November 2nd, 2020. 
Kamala Harris just released a cartoon last night all about equity. It's basically communism. That's who is actually running for the executive branch. They're not about equal opportunity, but equal outcomes. And every system that we currently have in our society must be changed. Education, economic, healthcare, legal systems, and justice, our face, police, law enforcement, environmental systems, our travel, our every way of life. Everything will be based upon a Foucauldian, Derridian, social justice-inspired, grievous-centered, vengeance-demanding system. Intersectionality. The new system discriminates. The new framework system for nearly everything, faith, justice, health, politics, economy, does discriminate. That's what intersectionality does. And as the great African-American scholar Thomas Sowell has stated, a society that puts equality in the sense of equality of outcome ahead of freedom will end up with neither equality nor freedom. The use of force to achieve equality will destroy freedom. And the force introduced for good purposes will end up in the hands of people who use it to promote their own interests. Those are wise words from Dr. Soul. So we must stop what is coming. Because you couldn't even imagine the horror and the totalitarian nightmarish control that is on the way. And we must help others to understand what is coming, how our entire society is being played, and how those that are the loudest voices in the protests are all being used, used as human chess pieces, all to accomplish a terrible great reset into the fourth industrial revolution, into the new open society, a great reset that you never knew anything about and never gave them permission to force upon you. But how did we get here? Well, it all started with a virus and the fear and terror that public health has brought to our nation. It is the rise of the Jacobins once again. And now that fear is the primary weapon of getting actual neo-Marxists elected to the presidency. And what will happen in the coming weeks in regards to our elections and an attempt to overthrow the government and systems of the United States will be absolutely frightening. No major corporation, media organization, not even the military establishment is on the side of the Constitution. They aren't concerned about the truth. They are concerned instead about operational success. So it is time for us to get serious. It's time to understand the causes of things all around you right now, this very second. Our future depends upon it, and we must win. I am Michael O'Fallon, and this has been The Causes of Things. <laughs>